Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. It's good to see everyone this morning on this rainy fall day. Come on. Seems like we just jumped right into barreling right into winter soon. Come on. Well, we just welcome everyone here this morning. My name is Raul Figueroa. I'm a pastor here at Grace Harvest Church. And so we're going to be continuing in the series that we've been on uh, the last little while called Ears to Hear. Ears to Hear. And I, I simply titled this, Are You Listening? Ears to Hear. Pastor Doug has, has done a uh, fantastic job taking us through a, um, a season of just understanding that it's God's desire that we would engage with him in listening. And so this morning, I just want to share some thoughts about that from Acts chapter 22. If you've got a Bible or electronic device, you could open that up. Acts chapter 22. Get yourself ready. I'll give you just a minute before we jump right in. As, you, as you're searching for that, Acts chapter 22, how many of you have ever taken a hearing test? Hearing test, you know, those ones where, yeah, so most, most people, um, and uh, for those of you that never have, it's a, um, it's a test that tests your mental fortitude and uh, what you think. No, it's really designed to test if you can hear the frequencies that are pushed through your headphones. I have taken several hearing tests over the course of my life, and uh, those hearing tests, uh, you know, you put those headphones on, you go into the room, they, they, they're there to, you know, see whether, what, what tones and frequencies you can hear and gauge, so you, you put the headphones on, and for me, it's always put the headphones on, and, and then I'm always trying to angle to see where the technician, if I could see their hands push the button so I know how to answer the, you know, what I'm hearing, they say, they put the headphones on and they say, if you can hear the tones... Uh, raise your hand or push the button, you know, push, push the deal. And so, so I put the headphones on and then I'm regularly like, okay, here I go. You know, I'm anticipating. I'm just like, man, I want to get it right. I don't want to miss a tone or a frequency. So, so I got the little thing and, or I'm raising my beep, 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 beep. It's been so bad sometimes. I put the headphones on, and I generally close my eyes so I don't try and cheat in any way, right? I'm trying to anticipate where I put the headphones on, and I thought I heard the test started, and I just begin. <laughs> and then I, the doctor or the technician lifts the earmuff. We haven't even started yet. <laughs> I, I, I thought about that in the context of ears to hear. And, and are, are we listening? And the ability to know how and when and are we able to, and the understanding that the, 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 the whole ability to listen with the ears that we've been given is really a muscle. Come on, somebody. It's, it's an exercise that we have to engage so that we can, we can properly delve in and, and communicate and engage with the world around us. The idea of, of hearing and listening all through the scriptures was powerful. Uh, Jesus in revelations to the churches over and over says, he who has an ear to listen, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Uh, all through the Bible, 
The idea of engagement with hearing, this was the case. We could spend hours looking for references to the idea of an ear in the Bible. And it was by means of the ear that the wise sought knowledge. It was a constant battle of God to get his people to incline their ear to hear his word. Um, God told Jeremiah, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem. The heart of God wanted his people to hear his voice. Amen? Amen. Amen. Dozens of, of, of the texts lament that God's people have not um, leaned in with their ears and listened to the Lord. In fact, you can, you can read this in the Psalms and the prophets over and over and over. Listen and incline to your ear. Hear what the Lord is saying. One of, one of the most frequent sayings of Jesus in the Gospels is, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear. It's also one of the most frequently repeated phrases in the book of Revelations, like I just said. We, we live in a time and an age where reading has been the primary source of learning for the last couple centuries. Uh, but because of the dominance of books, people have, have uh, the, the ability to learn by thinking with your ears has gone to the wayside for training with your eyes. And so think about this a minute. Uh, oftentimes in our culture, in our context, it's by way of books or media that we're going to consume. And, and when you look at the percentages of what you will consume via, via books or media with your eyes, um, the comparison is, is lopsided versus um, the ability to listen with your ears. It's an exercise. It's a muscle that needs to, be, needs to work. The importance of listening. Um, we, we think the idea of reading the Bible, those days are long gone, but I'm here to tell you today that the reading of the Word and the listening of the speaking of the word by way of repetition of scripture, text reading, or preaching of the word is here today and is relevant for your life. Amen? Um, uh, Ralph Nichols, a scholar in a, in a study, said, we spend three times as many hours in listening as we do in reading, but we are not trained to listen. Think about this. We're not trained to listen. You may hear the words, even that I'm saying right now, and some of you are already, already going down a predetermined course of an argument. You're, you're, you're shaping your response already in your mind about the little message fragment in two minutes that I've, that I've just shared something about something. You're, you're, you're coming up with all kinds of... And right there in that illustration is the idea that, whoa, whoa, let's, let's hear this in its entirety and shape a response about what to do with what we're here, what we're to listen to. Acts chapter 22 is, a, is an excellent read about how we can learn how relevant it is for us as Christians to exercise listening and hearing. In fact, in Acts chapter 22 is a great example um, about how we need to involve listening to understand. The people in the book of Acts in chapter 22, um, their destiny was being determined at this point by how well or how poorly they listened. I'm going to read you the text, and I want you to listen to the engagement of the audience to the Apostle Paul as he is speaking to them. And then understand that most of the book of Acts, if you had to reshape the story of the engagement of God's pursuit of people, the other side is how well the people listened. Whether they listened to the good news that was being spoken or they rejected by way of stopping up their ears and turning away. And what we'll see, we'll see it in the text. Good listeners, they heard the God's good news and they repented and they received Jesus as their Savior. In the book of Acts, in fact, uh, 
In fact, when Peter preached, um, was preaching to the, to the elders and to the people in Jerusalem, Scripture says that they, were, they heard and they were cut to the heart. And, and then they asked, what do we do with the words that we've just heard? They heard them, they internalized them, and it caused them to ha- want to have a reaction to them. In fact, when Stephen gave his testimony, um, one of the disciples who ended up being the first martyrs for the faith, in Acts chapter 7, verse 57, it says that this, the news that he was preaching, they covered their ears, then they rushed upon him and stoned him to death. Interesting that they had a response to what they were saying, and the dialogue includes what they did with their desire to hear and listen. And so, story in the book of Acts, let's jump right in. I'm going to read you verse 1 through verse 22 of chapter 22. You can follow along. Listen to how many times you hear the reference here, and then a response, and listen. Brothers and fathers, this is the Apostle Paul preaching to the crowd as he's talking. Hear the defense that I now make before you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. And he said to them, I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are this day. I persecuted this way, those were followers of Christ, to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women, as the high priest and the whole council of elders can bear me witness." From them I received letters to the brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. As I was on my way and drew near to Damascus, about noon a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now those who were with me saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do. And since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. And one, Ananias, a devout man according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing by me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very hour I received my sight and saw him. And he said, The God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one and to hear a voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And now, why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. And when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance and saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves know that in... One synagogue after another, I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of Stephen, your witness, was being shed, I myself was standing by and approving and watching over the garments of those who killed him. And he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. I want you to key in on this next phrase. Up to this word, they listened to him. And then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed 
to live. Interesting. As we read this text, we see the times are not much different today than yesterday. Right here in the text, they had the ability to listen through until they heard the thing that they disagreed with. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. And so I just want to share on a few things. The first one being the importance of listening. Paul had not worked hard at getting the mob's attention so he could speak. He says, brothers and, brothers and fathers, listen to my defense. So right off the bat, the apostle Paul was eager to share, greeted them, called them by, by just the respectful terms. And then the mob was there, the people were gathered, and they began to listen to him. Uh, Jamie Buckingham, an author and pastor, once suspected that nobody was listening as he gave announcements. He tested the people by saying, the baptism service for tonight is canceled because there is an alligator in the tank. Only one eight-year-old came up after the service and offered to help catch it. Nobody else in his large church even batted an eye. How many of you actually listen to the announcements that we play on video? Come on. All right, we need to work on that. <laughs> uh, these devout Jews in, in Acts chapter 22, they found Paul in the temple and they were there to pray to God. And now through Paul, God was answering their prayers by giving them the greatest news ever preached to people. But they were unwilling to listen to what he had to say. Uh, the rest of Paul's life, as we look through the Gospels and the history of the people of Israel, could have been so different had God's people only listened. Think of how many times that God spoke and told them to do something, and they chose to do something different. Even in the New Testament, God would give a, a declaration or visit them, and, and they had a, a direction, and then either by because of disobedience or the crowd um, stirring it up and giving other options, they didn't or delayed, and, and then the outcome was something other than God's desire for his people. When Peter preached, I said this earlier, he preached to the Jews and 3,000 were saved because they were listening and heard what he said. The way by which we are brought into the kingdom of Jesus most often is by listening. Think about this. Is by listening. Who will hear unless somebody says? The scripture says that the role of preaching is to stir the men's of men's hearts, stir the hearts of men to unto salvation, like to, to, to begin to, to bring the gospel in a way, in an impassioned way that would stir people to ask the question, what do we do with this information that we were just given? Listening. Well, when we look at the book of Acts, we see that it is a, a tension between the ability and the willingness to listen and the desire to shut it out and stop off the ears, to listen to the message that was being shared in the moment or to reject it outright and the people's response to it. Really hanging in the balance was Jesus' kingdom coming to earth now in people's lives or eternal damnation by the rejection of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Listening. Did the people who listened, some heard and responded by saying, what shall I do? Uh, you know, see, Paul, when he had an encounter with Jesus, something changed in his ability to hear. Scripture says that, that he had an encounter with Jesus, a bright light, and then, and then something, uh, Jesus spoke to him, and he could hear. And from then on, he heard Jesus speaking to him along the way. This is the desire 
of God for us as people. And then we see that he encountered a believer named Ananias who was listening to God and invited him into his home. Now think about this for a minute. All Ananias knew was Saul. And the reputation of Saul predating that from from the day before all the way on was that he was a murderer of Christians. And here we have Ananias having a relationship with Jesus Can you just, I don't know, maybe Ananias was so bold in his relationship with God that courage was his portion. And so when the Lord spoke, say, Ananias, I have a man named Saul that you need to go meet. Saul? (laughs) Jesus. Jesus. That guy arrests and kills Christians. I know you know this. (laughs) Him? And yet his obedience to Jesus changed the outcome of Paul's life. Name change, course correction, uh, an unpacking of what it meant in his encounter on the road to, 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 to Damascus. Like, here's what happened. The God of the universe just interrupted your life, and he wants you to take that message out to people. And, oh, and by the way, your name's Paul. Go and do that. Somebody who is able to hear the Lord And then obey it. But oftentimes we have hindrances to our ability to listen. I was thinking about in my own life and when I I just looked through scripture, I was thinking about what are some things that keep us from the ability to listen? If, If we talk about listening as an exercise of a muscle and a discipline that we need to work through, is what are some things that keep us from being able to listen. We're talking about a relationship with God and the noise that happens in the world all around us and, and the people that we're with. And, and I thought the first thing is, is that my mouth will not shut up. I don't know if any of you guys suffer from this, but, but my mouth would, like uh, something needs to happen. I cannot do both. I can't talk and simultaneously listen to understand. When my mouth is moving, that's all I hear. I can have great arguments even with myself and somebody just interrupting me right here in this. And so, and I was thinking about this. In fact, um, back in chapter 21 of the book of Acts, great read. I encourage you to read it. It talks about the Jews were shouting and making such an uproar that the Roman commander could not get any meaningful communication happening because everyone was talking. And then chapter two, the crowd when they heard certain things, they broke into, broke into a racket and Paul's message was cut off right in the middle and they refused to listen. In fact, in James chapter 1, verse 19, it says that we should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, if you can master that, if you can master that, if we, if we can take this idea of what it means to process the words that we're hearing, how does this apply and, and push it through? We have an open door that we can run through with people that could radically change how we interact with them. For instance, how many of you guys have ever been in a conversation and, you know, you're talking with somebody, and as they're talking, your mind is preloading an argument, right? Like, like you're just, it's building. And, if you, and maybe it's been you, maybe it's just me, but I've had people talk to me, in the, and, and then they're talking, and the whole time they're talking to me, I'm like, I'm moving to the edge of my seat, man, and I'm like getting ready, and I got my finger going up. Ah. And I've actually had somebody stop right in the moment and be like, um, are you listening to me, or are you arguing already with me? And I was convicted, busted, 
called out, brought up short. I was, I was arguing with them in my head, and I had not even heard the conclusion to what they were saying. I, I, you know, I don't know if anyone else does that, but I certainly have, I certainly have done that. The ability to listen. <clears throat> I thought one of the other things that is a hindrance to good listening is people's prejudice. Prejudice. We, we often use that word, and that word, uh, we use it in implications that have to do with race or ethnic, ethnic backgrounds. But the word prejudice um, simply means a... a You've already made up your mind. You've already made up your mind. And so when the Jews were listening to Paul preach, this is a great parallel for our time. He, 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 got, he was getting through his message. They didn't balk or they didn't put up a fight or they didn't even choose to argue with, with him at this wild tale of this man walking on this road and having an encounter with this bright light that struck him blind and, you know, somebody else had to heal him. They didn't, oh, that was all fine. Some of us, we hear a story like that from somebody, we'd be like, are you okay? Everything okay? It's good, right? No, they didn't argue with that. The moment that they went to cut him off is when they heard the word Gentile. They, they listened to the entire story everything that it had to include. And until they heard the word Gentile, that was a red flag to them. As soon as, it, as soon as the word popped up, anger swelled up within them and they wanted Paul dead. They stopped listening to Paul and began to listen to their prejudice. Anger is another hindrance to the ability to listen. People who are angry are not people you can enjoy communicating with because they also are not listening. You ever talk to somebody who's angry? There's no moving that. There's no moving that. There's no working around it. There has to be a movement in there. There has to be something that, that, begins, to, that begins to soften. I, I was told one time that, um, and, and, and maybe it's true, but it works through and when dealing with conflict is um, contempt. Contempt is the, is the only response that you can't move. It's, it's when you see it flare up in people toward you or toward somebody, it's time to back down, disengage, and do something different. Usually flares up by a snarl of the lip or another way. It's like you hit a, you hit a brick wall, and there's, there's no more listening. There, there's no more moving. I'm talking about even... Now think about this in, in our context. Think about us as Christians and the world out there we're trying to reach for the gospel. Think about how many predetermined uh, feelings, predetermined thoughts our mind is made up, not just on the, the issue of the gospel, but all the other issues that we would presume to lay over the gospel. Think about the time that we live and when it's them and us and it's this color hat versus that or that color flag versus this or it's dressed like this and do this and think about all the different flags and sides that we take up that are, that are not involved in the gospel, that are contrary to the gospel, that we have predetermined and it keeps us from the ability to listen even to the other side or to other believers. Think about this, mask or no mask. Jab or no jab, I can tell you that right here in our church, in our place, this has been um, 
This has been a source of potential division right here. And it's not the gospel. It's not Jesus. It has nothing to do with eternal salvation. It's a line that we take and draw and we take a side here or take a side here and we stand and then the moment, I've seen conversations happen. I've been in conversations. Jesus is so good. God is so good. Hallelujah. Church is great. Did you get the jab? And I'm not, I'm not making fun of anybody because I think those are serious questions. Or I pull out a mask. Come on, don't tell me you don't know what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden, what's running through people's minds, right here you're doing it. Why is he carrying a mask? What is he doing with that thing? Well, I don't know if I can listen to a pastor who has a mask. Now I want to know his vaccine status. Right? It's a little touchy. Poking at something. But I, but I encourage you. Come on, think through. Think past. If you allow your predetermined positions to be the filter that are not the gospel, you will miss the will of God for your life. You will be forever stuck in this little box. And, and the will of God and, and the people of God will literally march right past you. Now, I, I want people... I'm more interested in people. We, we as a church are more, we've dedicated our lives to seeing people be free. Be free. In Jesus, be free. And this is, this is what we, and so to engage in these kinds of, of, of petty arguments or, or predetermined red flags, uh, you know, oh, you said that, and oh, man, that's a, that's a source of problem for it. Wait a minute. You've missed the big picture here. Your, your ability to listen to the heart of God has been stopped up and clogged. It's as though you were acting like the Jews in Acts chapter 22. The moment that they heard the word, they cut him off and said, you are unfit to live. Think about that. All because he said, the Lord's called me to another people. Good listening skills would probably have led them to this question. Think it through. Oh, that's the good news. God called you to the Gentiles. Who did he call to us? Critical thinking skills, the ability to listen. If you're going there, who's staying here? What's going to happen? We want to know. We want to be engaged in this. What do we do with the information that we've just heard? The greatest news we've ever heard. Who is going to share it? with us. This is why you can have clear-cut communication in speech that does not lead to clear-cut communication. People's predetermined prejudices and they're predetermined and it's set. We need to become better at effective listening. You see, when Paul said, when Paul said Gentiles, he was saying God's plan this was God's plan for my purpose, my life, and I have to do this. But when the Jews heard Gentiles, they heard betrayal, contamination, and blasphemy. They heard the other side and the other thing and all the names that they associated with those people. Now, I know that we as a people don't ever talk like that. And I know that we as a people don't ever label and call names and, and, and send off to the other side 
just because people hold different things and other views, look differently, behave differently. But I'm going to tell you that the heart of God is not that. Because those people are people that Jesus came to seek and save. Just like you and I. I once was lost and now I'm found. I was the most wretched of sinners. And he saw fit to save me and you. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> how, how it works. Being predetermined on certain things. On October 30th, 1938, at 8 p.m., CBS broadcast the famous radio program, The War of the Worlds, with Orson Welles. There was a clear statement before and after that one-hour program that it was all fiction. And local stations reminded people during the breaks that it was all fiction. But the American people were so poorly trained in listening that their prejudice took over. They heard what they thought was being said and not what was actually being said. And the result was panic for many. Princeton University did a study on the outcome of that and revealed that people who did listen just relaxed and enjoy the fiction program without stress. One out of six of those listening were not listening to the message, but to their own inner fears. The end of the world. Something happened. Calamity. Those who understood, the message you're about to hear is fiction. Enjoyed the story and were able to engage. The point is, you hear what you're listening for. If you don't want to hear the truth of God, that very attitude will be an adequate obstacle to prevent you from hearing. The Word of God is everywhere. It's being sounded everywhere in our culture. But don't be deceived because sound is not just communication without listening. And I, I think that's the heart of God for us is the ability to engage without prejudice to a people who need to hear the gospel. And we need to improve on that. Paul, Paul worked to improve. He, he had all of the same obstacles as did the mob of Jews. Um, he was not listening at one time to God or his word. But once Christ got his attention on the road to Damascus, we see him make a rapid progress in his listening. It's interesting that Paul illustrates this. Our experience informs us. Our experience informs us. Thinking about this. How many of you have ever broken a bone in your body? Yeah, some of you, you can, you can attest to that. Um, you ever broken a bone? You, you can understand like the pain. The, if you've never broken a bone, you try to sympathize with those people, right? Like, oh, you know, you try to engage with that. You're like, oh, you broke a bone. You're in a cast. You're in a hunt. You broke a bone. Ooh, oh, I'm sorry. That hurt. If you've ever broken a bone... And you're like, oh, man. And that's generally followed by, let me tell you this story. Right? I mean, you, you empathize because you know the pain. This was the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, right before his conversion on the road to Damascus, man, he was haughty, proud, arrogant with authority and all power. Gets on the road. Jesus interrupts his life. He's now blind. He cannot see. He has to be led around. He's stripped away from all power and authority in his own mind. Uh, where's the bathroom? Have you thought about the implications? Like, I, I, uh, how am I going to eat here? Okay. 
help. And all of a sudden, when he's commissioned to go to the churches, he begins to understand empathy. Oh, you have a weakness. I once was blind. I understand. Oh, you have a hobble. I once was blind. That was a weakness. I understand. Oh, you have pain in this. Oh, I once was blind. I understand. All of a sudden, there's even a, there's even a turn in what we see as a description for the Apostle Paul. In fact, it radically changes the course of the New Testament and the way we understand it. Paul was a good listener. In fact, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he listened to things so well that, it wrote, that his response to those things that he heard changed the course of the churches and regions. In fact, when you go to look at the letters to the churches and the cities, um, it was based on the things he heard. Think about this. I, Paul, write to you this letter. I've heard of some things going on in Corinthian. Let me tell you what I've heard. Now let me tell you the response and proper behavior. Oh, to the church in Thessalonica, to the church in Ephesus, we didn't have TV, we didn't have YouTube, there were no cell phones or email, and nobody was texting. People were coming down, traveling, and they were coming along, traveling three months later. Hey, Apostle Paul, Paul, yeah, Paul, hey, I just want to let you know, man, that church I just visited in Corinth, it's wild. Let me tell you what's going on. The Apostle Paul, hey, tell me about that. Uh-huh, uh-huh, did you see that? You got any names? What were they doing? When you read the letters of First and Second Corinthians, it's a pretty, pretty grimy and gritty tale of what happened in the early church. It wasn't this clean-cut, everybody pressed, hallelujah, brother. It was, you, you read First Corinthians and Second Corinthians, you're like, who was sleeping with who? What? What were they doing when it's time for communion? What? How did they prefer the rich people over the poor people? What? And Paul, taking this information, the ability to listen, and then a response by the power of the Holy Spirit, write a letter to him. Tell him what's right. Tell him what to do. Tell him how to change that. Tell him, praise the Lord, that he had the ability to listen, amen, and then to work it through. You see, we can all improve our listening by listening to what would improve us. This is one method. Be careful of the media that we hear. Be careful of what we put inside. This means that we must be open to the voice of God and be listening to his word, preaching, being one way. Reading the word, being another. Talking to other believers, being another. And allowing the testimony of people to encourage us and strengthen us and help shape us. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? See, we desire that people would grow to know him more. And one of the ways and one of the reasons why we've been on this journey is we want you to be able to tune into the voice of God and have him guide you and lead you day to day, what to do, how to engage, how to have a response, and how to ultimately live out his kingdom in your life.